You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. This is Charles Laux, and uh, happy to be back for another live stream here at 2 o'clock, June 20th. Uh, we had an awesome conversation this morning with Corey Benton uh, of Cobb County, Georgia, here in the studio. And now, online, I have an amazing guest, someone who uh, I highly respect and someone who I'm uh, excited to learn a lot about, Mr. Michael Boyce. Michael, thank you so much for being here on the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Thanks for having me, Dr. Lux. Great to see you. Did uh, did I say your name right? Is it Boyce? Yeah, you, you right. said it I got correctly. It. Perfect. It's the, it's the Americanized <laughs> version when my grandparents came over on Ellis Island. But, yeah. Wow. So, Michael, you are the orchestra director at Saratoga High School in Saratoga, California. And uh, tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and your training, and so people can get to know you. We have a lot of exciting uh, things to learn from you today. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I, this is my 25th year. I just finished my 25th year at Saratoga High, um, and I I grew up in Minnesota, a suburb of Minneapolis, Anoka, Minnesota, and I circle back every summer to the Boundary Waters, which I'm going to next week. Nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, but Saratoga, California, is a um, it's basically kind of a suburb of San Jose. It's at the bottom of the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, okay. We're considered Silicon Valley, but we're, I mean, it's kind of right on the fringe of it. So um, right out the window is, uh, we have redwood trees right there. So it, um, we're right right at the bottom. And then over the other side of the hill would be uh, Santa Cruz. Okay. And that's 45 minutes to an hour north of San Francisco. Um, closest airport is San Jose, and that's about 10, 15 minutes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, how, and how long have you been uh, there at that school? So I just I just finished my 25th year. Nice. Yeah, and it's it's really funny because I thought when I first started here, uh, it, it's a it's a funny story how I got started. But I thought I would be here for two three years, <laughs> and then the plan was yeah, and then the plan was to go back and you know finish, get a doctorate degree and go teach college and and but what I found is that I kept gravitating uh, back when I when Sergio, it's a small community. Um, okay. there are three elementary schools that feed one middle school that feeds one high school. Got it. And yeah. So we're, the school right now is about 11, 1,150 students in total. Um, okay. it's a, it's a smaller high school compared to that's nine through 12. Yeah. Great. Yeah. When I, when I first started, there was 11 kids in orchestra. Um, I, I have a picture on the wall over there of the, of the kids and there was 70 kids in band altogether. And I, I was, it was funny because I was at the Midwest Clinic, um, and I was sitting at if you, if you used to attend when it was at the Hilton on Michigan Avenue. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Next door was the Blackstone Hotel. Okay. And I sat down next to uh, um, it was the previous music supervisor of the Palo Alto District, which is where Stanford is located. And we somehow I was I had a name out and it was one of my teachers and and she we're sitting at the bar but not the bar it's like you know like a breakfast kind of bar. Uh huh. We just started talking. We ended up talking for two and a half, three hours because we had all these things in common. And she's, you know, and I, at that point I was still teaching in Minnesota. I taught for two years. Okay. And she said, well, why aren't, you know, maybe you should try California. And I said, well, there's a lot of reasons I, you know, 
I guess I could, I should, I've never, you know, and at that point in Minnesota, I was like the number three on the, on the totem pole of directors, oh, which okay. meant, yeah, which yeah. meant I actually, I, I conducted the hockey band, if you will. <laughs> the hockey yeah. band. Awesome. I did. Yeah. The hockey band. And there was a, the hockey's a big deal in Minnesota. Yeah. But yeah. And uh, so I, so I was kind of doing all of those, those sorts of things. And, and, um, and I thought, you know, I don't think I want to do that forever. But I came to Saratoga High and I, there was, when I first came, um, I almost didn't go to the interview. There was 11 people in on the interview committee. And yeah. I actually, I was hired up the, up the road first and verbally. And there's 11 people in on the interview committee. It's no, it wasn't a, like a set list of questions and everything they have to do now for HR. It was a three hour dialogue with 11 people. Wow. The other school in our district, Las Gatas High School, the, the former principal fell asleep at my interview. I'll never forget. But, uh, but everybody else was awake. <laughs> and uh, the, the principal who hired me, Kevin Skelly, was a, um, a great athlete. He went to Harvard to play basketball, actually. Oh, wow. And had a really interesting background. was the Peace Corps in Ecuador. And um, when uh, you get to the end of the interview questions and they say, do you have any questions for us? Uh, Kevin leaned in and he said, well, I said, what, what is your vision for the school in terms of performing arts? And, and, uh, you know, we were taught to ask that from our music ed professors and our mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I didn't really know what kind of answer was going <laughs> to yield. And, and, uh, and so he leaned in and Saratoga high was, it's been a high achieving academic school for a long time. So we were, it was like number 12 in us news and world report that particular oh, wow. year. Yeah, and it's a great. When I first started here, there were a number of teachers who had doctorate degrees, and it was it, um, very few teachers would leave this. I mean, it was a place where you went. And, you and stayed, stayed. You started, and you stayed. You were that, yeah. That was and it. I didn't know that because the music program didn't look like much at the at that time. Yeah, with eleven and orchestra. <laughs> no, it was yeah. I, yeah. I, I I've got stories, but um, he leaned in and he said, you know, the, the schools, the school does really well academically, but I think the campus needs a soul, more of a soul. And I said, oh, "Wow, interesting." <laughs> that's that's you know, that and I left an interesting uh, thing to have to come in and like create that, you know, that soul that's, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so really, the only time in my career that I that I was asked, and this was uh, the super, we're a tiny district. There's two high schools in the district. So, okay, California, you'll have a K through 12 district, and you'll have a high school district, and we're we're two high schools. Um, it's Saratoga High and Los Gatos High. And Los Gatos is a beautiful, beautiful um, old campus. Everybody from here um, used to go there before they built Saratoga High in 1958. Okay. Um, but the, the schools are four miles apart and about four light years apart. Completely different, uh, is, very different campuses. Okay. It, it is uh, physical or is it the, the students or what kind of different, what, what are the biggest differences? All of the above. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, um, when I, when I, when I came in, our superintendent, Cindy Rainey, um, Dr. Rainey and Dr. Skelly sat me down and they said, okay, we're, we're hiring you full time. And that was a big deal in California because, you know, everybody in education now has lived post prop 13 in California, which is a controversial proposition that, um, evened out the property taxes for people as they age. So it didn't become unaffordable, but at the same time, the, the bottom of education was just ripped out from under. Uh, so, wow. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so everybody thought you got to teach five classes and you got to have a minimum of, you know, 150, 200 kids. And I yeah. am here. I am with 11 and 70. Right. Yeah. 
them and they said we know it's not going to work unless we have somebody who's going to be dedicated to it if build it three build years it yeah and i said okay here we go you know and yeah. and uh, and i spent a lot of time that first year trying to figure out how to quit <laughs> <laughs> what could i do where could I go? <laughs> yeah, it scared the hell out of me. I mean, you know, it was so that people actually looking at you saying, what do you need? We'll help you. We'll make it work. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it it was, I didn't even know where to begin. I mean, the campus was was not in great shape back then. We have a new building. We have a new performing arts center. And, Ooh, wow. and yeah, but so we built a lot of things in, in, in the time that I've been here. But um, that, you know, that was a lot of pressure. So yeah. I, so but they were as supportive as one could be. So I really, really lucked out when I, when I first started here, I did not have a, a normal situation yeah. and creating a culture um, is what I discovered is, you know, it's funny when you go to college and you, you have all these high aspirations, I'm going to program, you know, Hindemith uh, <laughs> right. my first year and I'll just teach them note by note. And, and, and then, you think you got to have a, I took oboe lessons, private oboe lessons for, for a year. I did too. And my undergraduate. Why did you do that? Because, um, I had friends that, uh, were oboe players and I love the instrument and the professor, uh, at Ohio university was just unreal. She was a Yale grad. Uh, she's out in California now. Um, Donna Conady. I don't know if you know Donna. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I studied with yeah. Donna and, uh, um, and she was all uh, about like, letting me like take lessons with her. I went to studio class, um, learned how to make reads a little bit. And, uh, the one joke I will never, ever forget is, you know, you tie the rope to the table, uh, and then you pull it, you got to pull it real tight. And she, yeah. and she's like, you have to make sure that when you, when you pluck that string, it plucks a G, otherwise it's not going to come out right. And I'm trying to like tune it. And then like a whole studio busts up laughing because she got me good. So, uh, but Donna was, uh, amazing. I mean, I studied with her for at least a year and, um, it was just, it was just remarkable. And I, I got to play in the concert band at, at OU and, um, I got to study with some great professors that in a smaller music school like that, uh, really helped me. But anyways, uh, that's funny. Cause I remember that, that yeah, Donna's out in California now. She's been out there for a while. So, so, so the reason you and I took oboe lessons is completely different. Okay. I took oboe lessons because so we're in woodwind methods class, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thought I was a hot shot. I, I grew up as a brass player and I played oh, cello okay. as a kid and I, I could play clarinet. I could play saxophone. I could play flute. We got to oboe double reed and it was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're going to, your head's going to explode. It's gonna yeah. come and so my friends that they thought, Oh, hot shot. You can't, you know, you can't do this. And I thought, well, of course I can. And I, and then I was I was so distraught that I couldn't do it. And I was you know kind of feeling ashamed, and I thought I'm gonna I I can't go into this profession if I can't if I can't play oboe. So I I went to her and I asked if I could take private lessons for a year, and she said why, and I said well because I want to teach, and I think I need to know how to I, I have to know how to you know I I could end up teaching you know double reads one day I mm -hmm. you know, feel comfortable with strings and everything else, but. And she said, okay, well, I'll, I'll fit you in. And I took lessons with her for a year. It didn't get much better. Okay. At the end of the year, she put her arm around me and she said, Michael, I want, I think we have arrived where we're going to get, and I want to wish you well. It's been really fun. I said, wait, are we done? Yes. I said, you're kicking me out. She said, 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were that good. <laughs> I was terrible. Yeah. And so that, but the, the point being is mm-hmm. you think, you think the content is everything, right? When you first start and we quickly learn really fast, Tim Lotzenheiser, um, you know, context, what that our classroom is, is so much more context than, and you got to have the content clearly, yeah. but the context is everything. And is. Build, building that culture is what, what I feel like I've been doing as much as anything else the last, you know, many years. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like 25. It feels like about five. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah, how yeah. fast it goes. It goes yeah. so fast. Um, it's 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 pretty remarkable. So yeah. we just, I mean, we 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 the the program kind of snowballed, and I I was the one person in it, in the instrumental side, and I also I taught an AP Music Theory class. Okay. And um, there was two of us that were doing it at the time, the, the AP High Achieving School at the time, and, yeah. and you know everybody said they have high test scores. This is in 1998. And, and in Minnesota, we said test score. What's is the hockey team good? Did the football team win? That's the measurement of a school, right? Right. <laughs> so I don't know what what they're talking. And then I quickly learned, oh, this is a whole different. Um, yes, I mean, I thought I was I was a one of the academic kids where I grew up, but it's a whole different world of. Um, it's a great world, actually. It's 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 uh, the kids have a lot of pressure on them now. Yeah. Building that culture, I discovered, is is where everything is at. And I think I, since I toggled both band and orchestra when I started, um, this last year we had five string orchestra classes. Great. And, uh, yeah, we, we have about 170 string players, roughly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the band is, I think band is over 200 again next year, but it's pretty close. And I, I think instrumental, nah, maybe 180. So are you only doing orchestra now? No. You still do... So, both. Yeah. So, so the, the, and everybody says, you're crazy. What are you doing? Why don't you, you pick a stream and go that direction? Right. Yeah. And, um, I felt ownership over the program and the mm-hmm. culture. Um, and I felt I, what I saw going on is that there were programs that, you know, one part of the program was a stepchild and one part of the program was not, mm-hmm. not great. Um, or you've got a jazzer who is like, you know, the jazz program is out of this world right. and the concert sounds pretty bad. And, and I didn't want that. So yeah. I, I said, okay, I'm going to, you know, almost killed me, but I'm going to, I'm going to toggle both uh-huh. and built it so that I still do it. And I still, because I really love, I absolutely love working with, I teach both of, I teach the freshman orchestra and I teach the freshman band. Okay. And I teach the top orchestra and that my colleague, Jason Schwen and I, um, who's an alumni, we, we, we oh, share cool. a lot. There's, there's four of us all together and we share a lot of the duties and share the kids and, so I teach orchestra. Jason Chuen teaches an orchestra. Beth Nitzan, who does choir, teaches an orchestra. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then I, I teach two of the bands. And um, I love working with the freshmen because you get to know them for four years. Yeah. And you're you know, on a campus like ours. It's kind of a special thing. And, and um, so that part has been and you're able to, you know, maybe I'm a control freak, perhaps, too, but I. I like being able to build a fundamental program from the ground up. Well, um, but it does. I mean, you're even if you think you're a control freak, you're still sharing a lot, you know, um, uh, and and uh, you're confiding in your in your colleagues to be able to do a great job, and obviously they are. And you have a, a really. It seems like the you guys are very collegial and do a lot of things together, and yeah, that's, that's awesome. So somebody said my. I mean, my dad repeated, but somebody said. 
a long time ago, surround yourself with people that are that are smarter than you are. Oh yeah. And why, I've always. Why do, you, why do you think I'm here with you right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the, but that's what I. So my my immediate colleague Jason Schwen is he's going in his eighth year. He's an alumni of here also, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, he's the guy's brilliant. He could do anything. He's, I mean, he, literally, he's brilliant. He and his, he and his older brother, I both had in school. And okay. he was a mostly orchestra as a ninth grader on cello, um, played tuba in the marching band, um, uh, went to Northwestern for saxophone. Wow. Um, he arranges vocal, he arranged like a million different vocal charts. And he did, so he, he arranges the marching band production and all that stuff. Wow. That's um, nice and, to have someone in house to do that. Yeah. And then our, then our other colleague, uh, Sean Clark, who teaches a couple of the bands and we have a robust percussion, percussion program. Sean Clark and Shavi the Tanta Verone. Um, Shavi's a what, what you call a um, he's not certificated, he's a walk-on, um, but we fund him through our um, music booster. Or, okay. Uh, yep. And um, yeah, and they, the percussion program is off the charts, and and so constantly I, we we don't do anything without asking the other one like an opinion, or we we and they all see us doing that, and and um, you know Mallory Thompson, my conducting teacher at Northwestern, said you know. She models this and she won't pretend to know something she doesn't know. Yeah. It's two big things I remember. Number one, do the work. You, you got to do the work. There's no, there's no, yeah, no, no way around not doing the work. You, you do the work, do the score study, do the work. You got to, you know, and the other one is don't pretend to know something you don't know mm-hmm. because teenagers are the best BS detectors walking the planet. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. They can, they can sniff out a fake pretty quickly. Yeah. We were talking about that uh, last week, one of the podcasts and, uh, guy uh, was teaching middle school and he said like they just know so you know I, and, and we we talked about if you don't know something it's okay to say I don't know and uh, figure uh, it out you know I, but I will figure it out is, is what you should follow with you know or I will find out um, yeah 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 that's that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest thing for me is that is part of that culture is that because we have kids who I had two kids in the top orchestra get into Juilliard this year the Juilliard wow. Columbia I'm literally yeah, and then we have we have kids that are going to Northwestern in Indiana, and then we have you know we have kids going all these remarkable. I'm writing recommendation letters for colleges that I couldn't have gotten into, I don't think, when I you know when oh, I yeah. was there. And and it's it's really really fun um, because we have kids that are beginners that come in they're brand new to the instrument, mm-hmm. uh, literally every year, and they come from all walks of life. And so the way we we build the program is everybody goes into the freshman orchestra regardless or the okay no matter what yeah so we don't do we we i i set it up in a way that um everybody gains and you know the kids the, the freshmen will joke around and call it scale jail um scale jail. <laughs> i never heard that before but that's funny yeah that it was affectionately named a long time ago and I, you know but and like last october of coming out of the pandemic the poor freshmen they're just an awesome group of kids but i, I only let them perform one piece at the october concert and because I just felt like, you know, at the, the middle school orchestra director is also an alumni. Um, okay. Went to Saratoga High. She was another kid who was in band and orchestra. Um, not a kid anymore. She's a brilliant teacher. And then the middle school band director is also an alumni. He was, he, he wow. was a, you could, I, I mean, just, just that right there shows you the type of community that you have and that a lot of people will graduate. It's like, I'm never going back to my high school or my district ever again, you know? But this this shows like how special it seems like it is, and 
people want to come back and they want to spend their time there. Like you have a teacher that you're teaching with right now at your school, it's alumni and then the middle school teachers. I mean, that's, yeah. that says a lot. Well, it's, it, it I mean, it, it just kind of landed that way. I mean, they do, they, I mean, um, Jason Schwen taught in India for a year out of Northwestern and, and, and the most poverty stricken, uh, basically the, the school um, he's, he's in a documentary called daughters of destiny. It's oh. a book about her as well. Um, the school, I think it's, Shavi Bantam School, I forget the name of it, but um, the the notion is it's it is to lift kids out of poverty and to lift the family out of poverty through education. So there's a wealthy, affluent guy who came to the United States, made a lot of money, and decided that he wants to. That's how he wants to spend his money, and so Jason taught there for a year, volunteered, and it's really the the poorest of the poor, right? Wow. And so he's he's got this grounded perspective, and I. And I spent time in South Chicago when I, you know, in, in teaching as well and learned a vernacular that I, <clears throat> growing up in a, excuse me, suburban white kid in Minnesota, I had no idea that, you know, there's a whole, yeah. I, I, I jokingly, what, what do I, I have a, you know, this is a funny gift. Speaking of creating a culture, I'm trying to, have you ever seen slang flashcards? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, does that look backwards to you? If I, um, it actually does not. I know okay. I'm backwards right now. I have a yeah, plugin on my, yeah. this is, my browser I have that I can change that. But I have yeah. a version one, version two, and I had a group of kids create their own slang flashcards. <laughs> that but, is funny. Yeah, but at, but at any rate, the point being, um, I think uh, it just it kind of landed that way, and it, there's a really cool kinship because the we all are still really close in the community and it's a small town and it, um, they had the, they all had the same middle school. They, they didn't, they all had the same middle school teacher as well. And she recently okay. tested, um, this last year. And, and that was a, that was a tough one. Yeah. Um, but it, but it really helps in building that, that culture. I think that the, uh, this makes it a lot more fun. I mean, the, the kids in the community and the, the parents are, you know, you know, this being a parent is the hardest job on the planet. Um, yeah. Now you have, you have, uh, what do you have kids? I do. Okay. I have, so I, I turned 50 in August and I, and I'm, I have twins who are turning three-year-old. Oh, three. wow. Okay. Yeah. Anthony and Thomas. Nice. Yep. Wow. The best thing that ever happened to me in my life, but I have no idea how in the world we're dealing with it on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> twins. I, I have two boys, but uh, they were 23 months apart. So. I had some rest time in between to figure out the second one and, but to go like, boom, here are two, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're, for us, it's kind of older in life for us and we, sure. we took forever to the side and, and, but you know, and then, and we went to an IVF doctor and he said, you know, you're not getting any younger. And I said <laughs> about five times in that appointment, and I got upset and I said, you know, I get the point, but, but, uh, uh there, so now they spend a lot of time here at the high school as well. I mean, I'm in upstairs in our office right now. Okay. And they, they've basically been adopted by the high school kids. So they come. Oh, the problem is in the concert hall across the way, they think it's their own living room. And so they are <laughs> way too comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're, funny. they're here a lot. And yeah. so they, they'll go to the football games. They come to concerts. They come to every, you know, yeah. everything. And, and so on. Yeah, so that part makes it really fun as well. Do you guys, uh, I mean, obviously, since you're doing both, do you uh, do a lot of full orchestra? 
We do. So okay. we so the the way the program is set up is the first semester is string only rep. Right. And then second semester, we the top two the two advanced orchestras, mm -hmm. um, they're smaller. We so every part of the program, band, orchestra, choir, uh, we set it up so there's a non-audition group and then there's an audition group. Sure. Um, so kids who just want to be who want to play and that, that those are always the largest groups. And we try to encourage kids uh, because it's a it, it is a really high achieving academic school in the prep. Oh, um, you froze up for a second. Oh, there you go. Sorry, you're, you're, no, okay. you're, you're back. You yeah. You're back. It was just a few seconds. Yeah. So the top two orchestras uh, combined string orchestras and then the uh, advanced woodwinds, brass and percussion from the wind ensemble. We actually rehearse outside school day. So okay. we're, it's a wacky schedule. Mm -hmm. We're not block full block schedule oh okay we call it blue weeks meaning when blue days are monday wednesday friday we rehearse um the symphony orchestra starting in january it's 245 to 355 okay monday wednesday and then on wednesday nights on the red weeks we go from 6 to 8 30. wow uh, okay so there's quite a bit of full orchestra rehearsal time yeah, that, yeah. That, i mean depending the week and then the um but it's a class for the woodwinds, brass, and percussion. So it's a semester worth of credit for them. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. Because it's it's hard sometimes when they're just volunteering and they're doing all their band rep. And then here's this orchestra music, too. And by the way, yeah. you're not going to get any extra credit for it. It's just it's yeah. an expectation that you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the the big thing I, that I the building the culture part that I wanted to mention yeah. that I think is so important right now is... Um, there's there's so much fear in in everything. Um, I was I was judging with um, Julie Blackstock. Do you know her from Texas? I don't. I don't know her. Brilliant educator um, in from Frisco, Texas. Like I I can't believe I went too long in my life without knowing her. Yeah. Um, just a you know one of those. She played at Midwest in 2015. One of those people that you just connect with really well. And I was talking with her and. The, the, the climate where we live politically kind of depends on where, you know, obviously where we're at and everything. But I think it's the most important time ever to travel and to go places. And it doesn't matter where it is, but, but to yeah. get our kids out of a, their bubble because the adult, we've created so much fear, I think. Um, we, we, took a, we took an international trip last summer and oh, wow. we had 430 people. Wow. <laughs> I, it almost killed band orchestra choir. We had, so we had symphony orchestra, we had concert band and we had a choir and the choir is doing things that are kind of different. The uh, band and orchestra, we performed at the mid Europe music festival in Austria. Oh, wow. um, and then the Imago that in Slovenia, Slovenia became an independent state in 1991. Um, they used to be part of the US, former Yugoslavia. Um, the government, put a ton of money into cultural um, events and awareness and education because they wanted to get away from, you know, the, the brain dead, um, you know, they wanted people to get, to get back into mm -hmm. culture and art. And so they have a, they have a month long music festival and they put on these concerts for free for everybody in Ljubljana, which is about 300,000 people, gorgeous town. Wow. Yeah. So we, so we were a part of that last summer. We had, so many people wanted to travel. We had all of these parents and family. We put together a shadow tour as well. Um, and, you know, it, it, it was really hard because we're dealing with, um, it was May, 2021. And, the, you know, we're, we're dealing with a pandemic. We thought it's going away. 
everybody's excited. We thought, you know, my colleague Jason and I looked at each other and we said, well, if we have 150, 200 people show up, maybe we can make it work. But if we can't, that's okay. We want first day there was 325. But yeah, people. who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah. And then and it snowballed from there. But then Omicron comes. That's right. So then you're having all these meetings with, you know, kids and parents and and you know, because as the music director, we're the expert in in the medical. <laughs> and, you and, have to be that and uh, financial and counseling and, 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 right? <laughs> and, 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 and then, okay, so then Omicron's going away a little bit. Well, then there's a war. So Russia, in, you know, invades Ukraine. And then yeah. so there's that whole, it, so it was a while that we pulled it off and that, but people say, would you, and then we had the airlines were, the airlines are just a disaster right were, now. But yeah. we were, we were in Prague for four extra days, I think, which was not bad. It's very yeah, nice. Could be Prague. worse. Yeah. Could be a lot worse. But, but um, in the end, we ended up having our own plane on uh, Lufthansa Airlines, which that's kind of, I think that's more of a connection story and, and uh, yeah. the news outlets getting a hold of, of the whole thing. But the point being is we can't do it ourselves. Like, um, the no curriculum is curriculum and we you know we're the professionals in the room who know the curriculum giving that curriculum a project and giving it something to go after um, no matter what it is i think is human nature and i think there's a drive that takes place in that culture mm -hmm. um, it doesn't need to be something that's competitive it doesn't it, but when you do an exchange concert with another school um like we always try to do the kids have a certain sense of pride all of a sudden and yeah they, you know, it, it takes over. So we, so we religiously traveled um, and, and we're in an international communities. Um, the, there was one year, the marching band here was in the Macy's parade in 2012. Cool. And NBC television wanted to do like an interesting fact about um, each location. There's 20, we, we took a survey of how many languages were spoken. There were 21 languages spoken in the band of 230 people. Amazing. 21. Yeah. I'm like, Great. what? Yeah, In, individual, you know, just Chinese, the various, you know, uh, versions of or dialects of Chinese yeah. was, was amazing. But, you know, so to me, I think it's you, we're educators, but then we are also we have to be great consumers for um, our kids education. And, and if you travel, work with a great travel partner or work with a company that mm -hmm. has a philosophy um, and has a, a guide and a drive that meets, you know, and and. Uh, ask a lot of questions that, you know, I, so I, I, I love the, the travel company that we work with for like for Midwest this coming year, we use world projects. They're in Venetia world uh, projects. World, yeah. They're okay. great. Deborah Gibbs is the, um, she took over the company. I think it's probably been 23, 24 years. Oh, wow. Um, and she got into it. She was a music teacher herself. She, um, she taught high school and she met the previous, the, the founder's son and he, he was you know the group tower of power yeah it, those guys went to the original guys went to berkeley high on the other side of the bay and what oh. was their band director and his son was so he he founded this travel group with the notion of wanting to do these kind of projects and travel without paying an arm and a leg and, and that's cool work with people who don't know what they're doing when it comes to instruments and so on so we, so Deb is awesome, but even, but even literally over the weekend, I'm texting her because I'm, I'm looking at the prices of the flight here and the flight there. And I'm thinking, you know, I think this guy, <laughs> she's, she's patient enough and wonderful enough that she, you know, and I, so I have this really great 
level of comfort um, in doing that. And I and when you're asking those kind of questions of a vendor, you're you're I'm Sunny and I and my partner we're both we're we're both terrible at our own person like our own stuff. We, we I can't tell you what's in the checking. I should be able to, but we're super protective. Um, Sonny's a dentist, so it has a, a small practice and protects because of his assistants who work there. Mm -hmm. For me, I always look at it as if it's my own, you know, my own kids too. Yeah. So we're protected by nature, but, but there's some great, there's some great groups to work with out there. And then there's some who are not, you know, not yeah. so great, but the, um, this year alone, I've, uh, what's really cool is I, I used to do this. I would call, um, Remember Gerald Anderson at UCLA? He wrote Essentials for Strings. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My, my first year at Saratoga High, I rolled the dice because I was trying to figure out his sequencing in the method book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a big deal to call somebody back at this. So I called UCLA and I got a hold of Gerald Anderson, my, my uh -oh. good friend, um, who's one of my closest friends to date, John Byrne, teaches at another school down the road, Homestead High School. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Gerald Anderson, he was my teacher in college. I said, well, how does this work? He said, well, you just give him a call. I said, really? I said, yeah, give him a call. So I called him and we, had, we spoke for over an hour on the phone. Nice. I used the method book to date. And so I realized, yeah, I, I think it, I call people who, who um, think do something really, really well or ask an opinion. So I do it weekly to date. Like I uh, ask everybody around me, particularly the young people, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't say young people because I think I'm young, but well, I don't know, not old. Younger. Okay. Yeah. But, but I think that's the wisest thing is because I learned so much from my colleagues who are younger. Mm -hmm. I cannot teach them anything about technology. Um, <laughs> I, my learning curve, but, but we sit around and have conversations that I love and I love the learning, you know, um, from them. Uh, I love being able to call my colleagues and friends in the area and hit them up for advice and hit them up for programming. And we do it in our area in this county. We do it a lot. We, it's a really um, collaborative group and, and a nice group of people in the area. Very um, cool. Yeah. So I so same thing with travel. I'd say if anybody wants to travel internationally or they want to do something, call somebody who's who's done a lot of travel or email. Right. Or, yeah. I think the only thing you're going to get is somebody will be able. Everybody's busy, so you, the response might be slow, but I think it's a nice compliment when, when anybody asks you for help. Cool. So, yeah, uh, and we, uh, if the audience doesn't know, Michael's group from Saratoga is playing at Midwest in December. And um, I don't know if you're able to tell us about your programming or whatever, but this is their third or fourth time you're going? This is the third. Third yeah. time. And we played together at 2018. Yeah, that's when I was yeah, there yeah, with yeah. Alpharetta. And that's yeah. kind of where I met you, I think, originally was uh, at the yeah. director's pre-con uh, meeting. Yeah. 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 In June. Yeah. Of, of uh, 18. We did that. I remember somebody organized a lunch that time. And then, and then, um, so this time I decided to do it. So I just went around to the orchestra directors and I said, let's go to lunch. And got, and everybody looks at me like, and, uh, but, it, but then now we all, we're all on Facebook with each other. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Makes it fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting. And so you're going as a string orchestra. Or yeah, it's really interesting. The program I could end up, I could, you got to cut me off if I'm going too long. But, but oh no, the, we can, we're good. The program I am so excited about. Um, I, the, the last year, I, so I, the, the, for, for me, Midwest, I've gone for 28 years and I love going because I love that, that the equation for how they have you program 
Um, some people see it as a as a as and an obstacle. Um, I actually really enjoy the process of it because I see it as sort of a uh, it's a it's a puzzle and what Challenge, it, what definitely it, challenging. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely challenging. I yeah. will say I ha I you know it's funny because I I um, it's a Socratic teaching, but I tell the kids I, I said the older we get, the more stupid we become. <laughs> and my my it's one of the things my dad used to say and. I didn't know what he was talking about until I was like 25 years old. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Nobody'd say it. Yeah. Literally, the older you get, the more stupid you become. Like, okay. And, and, uh, but the more we learn, the more we know just how much we don't know. So, discovering new music and composers and pieces, particularly for the string orchestra genre, wow, is there a wealth out there that's unknown? Right. Uh, and stuff that's, you know, that are gems and, you know, composer like uh, Bohuslav Martinu, um, you know, contemporary of Dvorak, for example. Oh, OK. And, yeah. Like the, the the string orchestra music of this guy is remarkable. And, and I had no idea until I stumbled upon it by accident. And what is what is the name? Bohuslav Martinu. Martinu, M-A-R-T-I-N-U, Martinu. Martinu. OK. Yeah. Cool. I mean, he's he's got a he's got a, a lot of symphony orchestra music. That's out there, but you know, there's there's so many composers that get overshadowed by the, the yeah, of course, the, the name of the day or whatever. And um, yesterday, listening to public radio was a great day throughout the day because you're listening to all these um, marginalized composers over the year, um, uh, Juneteenth, yesterday, the holiday. Oh, great! And I, man, I was like, literally, I was up. I my household was probably upset because I could not sleep. I'm looking up all this music last night, and I. You know, I'm there at three in the morning in the because <laughs> I was I, I, I get fascinated by it. Yeah. So at any rate, I find it kind of fun. The So we're we're actually um, we've got a couple different um, we're doing three different premieres. Wow. Um, That's going to be cool. Yeah. So this just happened last a weekend before this past weekend when we were at the meeting, we went out to dinner with um, Jason had the Mallory Thompson as a conducting teacher as well. OK, she's um I idolize her. She's in the, she's the in the band world, but she's conducted our all state orchestra and our professional symphony here. And I don't know anybody better on the podium. Wow, um, she is what you see while you're sitting down having a conversation is what you get on the podium. And she, when when you talk about somebody who does the work, um, she knows the score inside out, upside down, backwards for yeah. Me. Yeah. That's what so I've heard. Is, I, I don't know her. I've never worked with her. And, uh, but I, I've just heard all these great things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've got great stories of getting in trouble with her too. And I was in her when I played, played on her. You, you, oh, you want uh, me to, I can, I can censor it. I have a button. I have the button that'll censor. The artificial pencil story that you ever, you ever, you, you ever pretend to have a potential pencil in rehearsal you didn't have one oh um no i've never gotten that i've seen people try to do that before though well i used to i <laughs> so i when i went to her conducting symposium for the first time i would show this vhs tape to my students when i got back because you know at the con conducting symposiums you prepare the score and you're when you, you think you're going to be so brilliant and they're just going to watch you conduct because you know so much now about the score right yeah and so I so I get up there and I'm conducting something something by Percy Granger, and and I conduct for ten seconds and she's all right, Michael, 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 Michael. I'm so glad you're here. You've just given me so much material in ten <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you're and busted. so I show, 
so I used to show that VHS tape to all the orchestra kids and I'd say, so don't pretend. So here's the deal. We're all learning. We're all trying to get better. We're all, so let the guard down. Like, you know, uh, I, I would do that. But the, the other one I got in trouble was the artificial pencil. <laughs> I was in the back and I was writing on a music stand and, and she said, did you write that down? It was in rehearsal. And I said, um, yeah, show me your pencil. I went, you're kidding me. I'm in grad school. And she's going to say, show me your pencil. And I didn't have a pencil. The room was silent. <laughs> and she yelled. She said, you don't have a pencil. You don't have a, don't you ever, ever pull the artificial pencil with me. And the room was silent. And she said, because I am the queen of the artificial pencil. <laughs> <laughs> that is a riot. Yes. Yeah. I mean, she went to Northwestern herself as a trumpet major to start with, but, but, um, Anyway, so we were out to dinner with her and her husband, Jake Kennedy. They got married last December. Um, they they rekindled. A, he was a few years older than her at Northwestern. He wrote all kinds of um, music in Los Angeles for television theme songs. Mm. Coca-Cola, you, you name a product, and you and I could sing all of his commercials. And he was a composer by nature, but he kind of got hooked into that. Then he was the provost, the vice president of the Berkeley College of Music in Boston mm -hmm. for 1994. Okay. The percussionist, he was like the very first, um, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, but legit percussionist for the Drum Corps International to actually be involved with it was a real percussionist percussion. He's still involved to this day. Cool. Um, I think it's really at the heart of the, the involvement of the percussion world and all that color that with it so anyways he he they it was it it's a it's right out of it's a when when harry met sally um love story their marriage in december so i get i'm also i get a little emotional just thinking about it because i i uh just the, think the world for so much and you know so here's somebody who got married when i'm not going to say how old she is but she's older than me and uh so anyways i've i've never seen her happier and, and so right dinner and that's a treat because yeah you know you see somebody that you idolize and love at the same time and, the, and they're so happy. So he wrote a piece for her called Be Ever the Hope. Her middle name is Beth, stands for B-E-T-H, Be Ever the Hope. And we were out to dinner and I was talking to them about the this blank program spot and then I was trying to figure out. And he said, well, how about, how about Beth? And I went, so he wrote it for, for Wind Ensemble mm -hmm. and so now he's arranging it for string orchestra. Uh, with the percussion, wow, uh, piano and harp, and yeah, so it's so that very that, cool piece. Then, yeah, yeah. Um, I've asked Suhan, and I don't know if I have permission to say this or not. Okay, I think I do. I think I can. I think I. Well, can I? I think I can. Sue is he's super he did I had to really drag this out of him because I knew he was working on it because of a friend of our Scott Lang. Okay, um, yeah, I know Scott. Scott yeah. kind of connected the dots. Sue Han is um you know Sue really well, and I yeah. think that's we met each other. Right. Sue he's like a soulmate. We met each other when we our groups in an exchange concert in LA a number of years oh, ago. Cool. And we, that's how we we instantly became really close and, and kind of because I consider him a soulmate mm -hmm. And um Sue, his parents are amazing. Yeah. They, came, they came from Korea, dirt poor with nothing, literally yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, and they you know, lived in this tiny place and they everything in the world was for he and his older brother. Um, and his mom would sing these uh, folk songs to him uh, growing up. Mm -hmm. And 
she was a pretty good singer as a youth. Um, she got invited to sing on Korean national television. And she's a little girl. She goes to the studio. She's going to sing in this choir, has a solo on Korean national television. And she couldn't afford the dress to look good enough. So they pushed her to the back of the choir. So it's a heartbreaking kind of story. Yeah. The song is called Spring in My Hometown. And the Scott Lang component of that, Scott started something where he's working with younger composers to write music that will be completely free to Title I schools or schools that have lesser resources. Okay. Somehow Very he managed cool. with Hal Leonard. And it's, it's, it's all like grade one, grade two, grade three. Sure. Um, Hal Leonard agreed to uh, publish these composers after a lot of, I think, finagling back and forth. And so Scott is the one who kind of, I think he's the one who told me because Sue is doing it so that this piece gets out there for free to all of these people. There's a connection, there's a kinship there in spirit and that his mom would sing that to he and his brother. Um, and I'm this is my own interpretation of it, but Sue is reflecting on the sacrifices of his mom and dad and yeah. all they grew him growing up. But I also, in my mind, sort of think of she's singing that song and giving him a message and his brother a message. Don't quit. Don't give up. They're going to push you to the back of the choir, but you keep singing. And he never said that, but I'm, I, and hearing the story, I kind of, I'm thinking that. So he's got this, there's a YouTube that he is playing piano in his parents' house. And his mom is singing. She's got this, she's got Sue's smile, you know, this huge, beautiful smile. Yeah. He's singing and he's playing piano. And um, so that is going to be arranged for a string orchestra. And we're going to, we're going to. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Fingers crossed premiere. Um, and then the last one, another alumni of Saratoga, I was a good friend of my colleague, Tony Glossy. He has a professional quartet, Tony Glossy Quartet. He's a jazz trumpet player. He was the first chair trumpet in Allstate in California when Dr. Thompson was conducting the Allstate. Cool. There's all these weird, yeah, weird connections. Yeah, it's neat when that oh, happens. Yeah, so he's still, so he and Jason are really close. He's come back just when he's had a gig in San Francisco. He's brought his quartet down to be with us and very well known. Um, and we're in the spirit of trying to represent, um, you know, um, marginalized composers and diversity. I'm, I'm trying to think of something that would emphasize jazz as our only unique American art form. Yeah. Tony is writing a piece that, that we're commissioning for string orchestra and jazz combo. Wow. Yeah. And, and one of our finest imp improvisers that we've had in the last many years was actually one of our concert masters um, who performed in 2018. Cool. And it's Charlie and Charles. He's, he's going to be a dentist. He's, but he played, <laughs> in the band all the way through college and the orchestra all the way through college he's going to be our he's going to be our um soloist on violin um and then tony is bringing his entire quartet from new york um they blocked it so they're going to come and yeah I, that is going to be a cool concert yeah and then one more we had another kid from the from 2018 who just is finishing his masters at juilliard um, thomas Lim, an amazing cello talent is going to uh -huh. play with us as well so He's wow. we're, that piece. We're kind of we're um, that one is to be determined because we're tossing around. Aside from that, we're doing uh, Shostakovich has a um, concerto for piano, strings, and trumpet. Oh wow! Yeah, we're going to do the third and fourth movement of that. It's a great, great piece. Um, 
and the, let me see what else is on the program. Boy, now I just went blank all of a sudden. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Montgomery we have on the program. Um, who's in residence with Chicago right now. And there's, is it John Chen? I'm embarrassed. I just went blank. Julie gave me the name and the piece when we were judging together Blackstock. So I have to credit. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. Oh. Um, another another composer who uh, he and his wife started a publishing company in Australia to um, get, I don't know how you say it, better quality music to younger groups. Okay. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds yeah. great. I mean, it's going to be a, and what what day and time? I know they just released the uh, the full schedule. Thursday, December twenty first, and it'll be at two fifteen. Okay. Afternoon. Oh, okay. So I uh, I just found out my session time um, is at one fifteen. So I will be running over to your concert after oh, my session. <laughs> what's the, what's your session? My session is uh, setting up students for success, uh, diagnosing, and it's it's a pedagogical session. Fantastic. Yeah, and that's a one fifteen on. I just found out Thursday. So Everybody I, who's watching should go to that. I never stop going to those sessions. You never. They're, every they're great. I mean, I, I every time I go to Midwest or Asta, I get a ton from the sessions I attend. And it doesn't yeah. matter how long you've been teaching, you're going to learn something yeah. from somebody. Yeah. So every every time you walk away with a gem, and you think, wait a minute, why didn't I think of it that way? Like, yeah. 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 So I'm I'm excited about Midwest this year. It's going to be uh, a great. Um, one of my former students, uh, David Metrio, he's been on the podcast before. Do you know David? You met him when you were there. Yeah, yeah. we went to lunch in Chicago. He's yes. in Georgia. So he, uh, oh. I, I taught him at the university, uh, and yeah. he was the rock star. He was a rock star. He came in uh, as a freshman when I was a freshman, I guess, uh, at at Kennesaw, and um, and uh, he was just awesome. So. He and I are good friends, but he's also a former student, and I'm super proud. Like his group played at GMEA this year and just totally killed it. So uh, I yeah. said, and a bunch of people said you got to put in for Midwest, and and he did. He's and yeah, he's got the heart and soul of an artist. And yes. Educator. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. an amazing young teacher and just tearing it up, tearing it up. So I'm super proud. Yeah, of him. You've, got, you've got a lot of you've got a lot that you've taught that are out there doing great things too. I think. He's yeah, there's there, there's there's some some uh, kids doing all kinds of things. Uh, that yeah, it's it's really fun, and I, as you know too, it's fun to see. And you have all your alumni coming back to play in your concerts. It's just that's amazing. I mean, it's, yeah, no. it's very cool. And I think that's that again shows the community, the pride, the camaraderie, the climate, the atmosphere that you have going on and you've, you've had going on there for a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know what's going on. We, we have it. We have the cellos have it. They, they call it toga cellos. It's a very interesting. They're the cello bros. Okay. Yeah. Deep voice. They're, yeah. Their cellos are lifting weights together and such going to the gym. <laughs> the, the leader the leader comes up to me he's got the kid's got arms that are the size of my torso sure and he at the end of rehearsal yo mr boys we done what that means is is everything put away carefully is everything like you know do, do, we free to go can we go yeah manager sweetest kids you could ever imagine but they're hilarious they have they have their own uh what do you call it instagram pages uh... <laughs> <laughs> videos and yeah that's that's the, that, the, see that's the, fun yeah 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 they're they they are a riot that the, the a lot of the that's what makes it really fun too is the the you you allow pave that path and allow the kids their personality and if they can find a place where they're uninhibited 
Yeah. Because there's so much judgment everywhere else, right? And there's so much. Absolutely. All unhappiness is caused by comparison, as as we know. Yeah. And and getting them to a place where it can go, it can go one way or the other with with our craft. And you you can have it all. You can have a, a group that achieves at a really high level, and not have it be like torturous. And, right. And and, and that's not my that's not the environment of yeah. my program either. And no. you know, yeah. I I want the kids to want to be there. I want the kids to have a break from their crazy academic load, as you know, and, um, I want them to feel like they're part of the family. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think even though I'm new at my school, uh, that starting to happen really quickly, which I'm really proud of. But that's who you are from the day I met you. You're doing this, which you're bringing all of us together through this process. This is like the greatest gift. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I love doing this. And I was talking to Corey last uh, couple hours ago here. Uh, and we were just talking about how this is something I love doing for the community, but selfishly it's uh, therapeutic and it's educational, it's professional development. And uh, I just, I just love chatting and love hearing about all these things. And I mean, it's been inspiring listening to you tell us about your program today and tell us about like all that's going on and, you know, I have to look up Martin New now. M A R T A N U. I gotta look up. I gotta look up composer now. You know, had you ever looked at Benjamin Britten's music for string orchestra or or? So not he's beyond, got, uh, you know, not beyond the, what what has been popular, I guess. The young, the young Apollo, um, for it's, it's it's really hard, but it's for piano and um, strings and a, and a quartet. So it's a piano quartet strings. Wow. Yeah, all the parts are equally. It's it's like the Elgar introduction in Allegro. Okay. And it's you know there's a quartet and there's the orchestra part, but the quartet is there's nothing. The the parts are all the same level of difficulty. Okay. You know. You just need and, the soloist uh, style playing for yeah. the quartet. Yeah. 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 Wow. Sandy Sandy uh, Lewis teaches at Gunn High School. The most amazing creative. A program I've heard in a long time was hers, her and Tiffany O. Ponticelli um, at Midwest last year. John dropping diversity. That's right. I remember t- uh, hearing gun. Yeah. Yeah. Without being, without being cliche in any way, yeah. everything. You just froze a second. Let's see if you come back here, Michael. Got it. Okay. You, you, you just you just froze oh, for about ten sorry. about ten seconds there. Ah shoot. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. So you were talking about um gun yeah, yeah. and like the diversity, the programming and Sandy. Like so yeah. she so she's 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 been she's my first friend when I moved here twenty five years ago. She taught at a different high school at the time. We've been friends ever since. Um she is a low key, like very mellow, soft spoken leader, but she she um champions chamber music as the epicenter of the program in mm-hmm. a way that i don't know anybody else who does it so well and then she i learn new composers from her like i just go to lunch or coffee or a phone call and all of a sudden whammo you know i'll send you an email in a moment with with a couple different things that she sent me literally just a few weeks ago great and i'm like what like you know yeah yeah you, it, i i would love to be able to diversify my programming a lot more uh, and so, uh, any ideas I get from other people, I, I would say, I'm, I guess I'm not the best researcher of that, but, um, I would love to, you know, definitely look at things. 
for me, it's an, an escape. I put my headphones on and I go down that rabbit hole. And one, <laughs> one thing leads to another. And, you know, the resource we didn't have when we were kids, we used to ride our bike down to the library, get yeah. the and listen to Respighi, Pines of Rome. Right. On the record album and play it so loud that you get in trouble, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the notion of, of ha to me, it's like I've, I'm still a kid in a candy store when it comes to the resources we have so automatic. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Um, and I, I look forward to hearing your group at Midwest and uh, maybe, you know, chatting some other time off offline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. And I think it's time for Lasseter to take a tour to California. That would be great. That would be great. I, I know my parents would love that. And uh, we, we host a lot of groups. You do? Okay. The, the Monterey Bay Aquarium is an hour and a half, two hours on the other side of the mountains from us. San Francisco is right up the road. San Francisco gets a really bad rap nowadays because of the um, the crime and post-pandemic everything. And But you got to, you know, that's a reality, I think, in a lot of large cities. But yeah. it is a gorgeous, amazing, beautiful, incredibly diverse uh, city that people should visit. And um, all the way down Highway 1, the coastal area is just yeah. rich with um, sightseeing and stuff, too. We have a great concert hall, so we'll, we'd love to host you if you want to okay. come out. Well, and yeah. the, the same is true for you if you ever want to yeah. come to Georgia. Uh, Atlanta, yeah. we have a beautiful concert hall, too, at my school that uh, is yeah. really, really, really nice. So, yeah. But uh, it's, it's been awesome. And, uh, again, I thank you for, for coming on and uh, taking the time and sharing all your great things that, that you've shared today. Uh, been a lot of fun yeah same thanks for having me it's a it's a treat charles it definitely it. is a treat well uh thanks everybody this is uh closing up uh this this podcast but with uh michael boyts uh his uh email will be at the bottom of the pot, uh, podcast description uh and on the youtube channel if you're interested in contacting him learning more uh but it'd be great we're going to be on uh in a couple hours here with uh katie eeks from anchorage alaska who I yeah. uh, got to work with a little bit a few weeks ago when I was up there teaching. So, yeah. yeah. So thanks again. And we will see you all, all right. next time on yeah. the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For resources and more information, visit orchestrateacher.net.